Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art in Sight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was intended. So, Steve, create that for me. So, Mohammed, it's uh, it's lovely to meet you, and um, I must say, first of all, you have a wonderful moustache and beard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we've just taken a look at some of the the pieces in your exhibition here, and uh, they're absolutely wonderful sculptures. Thank you. Um, we we had a few different insights around uh, what some of the things that you were trying to say, I suppose, or the sort of different little elements in there. And one of them that I think Clark picked up right towards the end was that the, there aren't any characters. There's no people. Mm. There's no people in in the... Yeah, sorry, uh, There's no people in, in the dioramas. So that, that's a normal thing. When you, when you build that kind of detailed model, you, you know, a person gives it that uh, perspective. You know, when they see a person, they can judge the, you know, you know, you work as an architect, you know, having a person in the model gives it the distance that you want it to be and I just thought that you know there was glimpses there of there is people living there like yeah he said about the two the the two empty chairs and obviously the cloth underneath so they feel like they're lived in but there's no one there is that intentional yes it is very intentional in fact because um, ultra realism is is what I'm going for uh, in these pieces um, and at the right lighting, at the right uh, level uh, of the photography lens, uh, the, f- the photography can look very realistic. People might mistake it for being a, a real place back home. So uh, you want the human imagination to dive into the scene. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to represent human uh, touches in architecture without the without, without the actual mannequins being there the figurines um, because no matter how realistic the figurines are they're still going to look like figurines right uh, and your brain is going to see it as a model and a miniature setting whereas this way of multimedia sound infused works takes you on a little romantic imaginary trip when studying these works and you start seeing how people lived into these uh, millennia old streetscapes so um, to me having the figurines kind of hinders uh, the possibility of our imagination to fly through the the scene Um, no no matter how detailed these figurines are Wow, that that is that's a powerful statement, and obviously when when you're saying that, I remember obviously when I, uh, I could see and I watched a lot of movies. That's why I did my degree in model making. You know how they used those miniatures back in you know John Star Wars is a great one to observe. You know the idea of of putting a camera right into you know what you've just built. I never saw it like that. I never did, I, when I saw it, like when you were describing your work, I never, it never clicked to me that that this work is could be photographed in such a way because we live in a visual world but the idea of photographing it and you're giving it a new dimension to what you've built has really intrigued me. It's, it's in a way um, 
your typical miniature artist is building uh, an, a goal. He's, he has a goal that he's working or she's working against or, or towards, right? Uh, that miniature, highly detailed model. In my case, I am building a vessel for my imagination to have a romantic trip back. Um, so to clarify, none of these are planned ahead of time. They're built on the spot. And it's this high detailed process of building on the spot is that you're also thinking about narratives, who lived here, what happened, Do you and so on. So, um, so you, while you're saying that, it's like every person, I mean, it's great that kids are in here today because hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll take their, that imagination and think, who lived there, what happened? Yeah, create their own narratives, their own stories, and that's what, art, what good art does. Right. right. Looking at them, it absolutely makes sense that there's a, there's a, a fantastical story to be told. And I think, you know, Clark mentioned on the one where there's the, the sort of the beetle-shaped car, you know, and was like, oh, this is like Hogwarts, Harry Potter-type, you know, fantasy kind of land. And what I love was the way that the detail that you're using. I mean, what I'm fascinated is, how long does one of these pieces take to make? And there's, um, you've used so many different intricate parts of things that look like they've been collected or found or created. And, you know, each one of those tiny elements in itself might have taken you well, I don't know, it could have taken you a long time. Some might have just been slapped straight on, I suppose, they've just the ideal thing. So how, how long and, and sort of, what was your process of putting one of these together? Sure, uh, I mean, I'm never working on a single piece at a time. It's, it's a series, it's, it's six or seven pieces, and I'm jumping from one to the other ever so rapidly. And I'm going back and forth between my fond object walls and it's like the, the way to think about the process, uh, the best way to do that is, is um, I am very freehand sketching, very quickly freehand sketching, uh, but in three dimension. So <laughs> it's you're, you're con constantly visually responding to what the piece wants. So if it says, okay, maybe I need a little bit of red here, a little bit of gold, I'm going back to my gold bins and gold, you know, and red bins and kind of uh, scavenging through the, what I have. And I, and I have at least two million objects in my, in my studio, just uh, to give you uh, a glimpse of my arsenal. A glimpse. That, that, that is... <laughs> That's a true artist. I mean, people come in and say, oh, that's not art because it's, it's model making. What you've described, how your process is giving me goosebumps because that's how I would work as an artist if I could see. Now I have to be quite methodical and know step by step where my things are because I don't want to lose them. <laughs> but where you describe it is like, I used to do that. I used to work on five, six things at a time. You know, it's the nature of that being creativity. It's like now, when my audiobooks, I don't listen to one audiobook at a time, I listen to five because I want to feel a different feeling each time I'm, I'm delving into a different chapter. And, and your art, talking to you, is really, I'm quite emotional uh, because I, I feel there's a connection between your art and how I used to do my art. And that's nothing I've not felt before speaking to someone else for quite a while. Well, this is the first time that we've, um, we've, we've actually spoken to a model maker, isn't it? So yeah. I think that there's that connection back to your past. It is, and again, that memory thing, you know, losing your sight, you know, have a memory, you know, I could have, if I never lost my sight, I could have been, because mm. I had a fine art background, I could have thinking, oh, this has been a really interesting mm. way of going for it. And now seeing someone who's, you know, who's done something like that, and it's like, it's so powerful. And I hope people, when they come here, they, they realize how powerful 
those little dioramas, those miniatures. Uh, and I just love how you put them in the mirror frame because it almost makes me feel like I'm looking at your reflection through your art, and that's exciting. The, um, I'm definitely going to go and take some photos. Of, of now you've suggested that, I really love it. And what I love there as well is that when uh, meeting uh, Clark and uh, now over time chatting to more and more artists, you know, I think you start to realise the depth of their commitment to their art. Um, and I don't think you could have said it more succinctly than to say you've got two million pieces or artefacts that you could draw from for your inspiration at any one time. I think that just shows such a commitment to it um, that clearly isn't just some kind of pastime, <laughs> you know, but very dominant in terms of the way you see the world. And in terms of the the actual pieces themselves, they have they do have a, a kind of I mean, I know they're they're imagined landscapes, but they do all have a kind of um, a slightly a broken down feel to them that they've not been uh, some some of it's decayed and and some of the trees are dead and um, and it has a sort of a that sort of overall feeling to it I mean and you, do you think that that's the the way that you're sort of seeing the whole fantastical landscape if that was your universe is I mean is this the feel well I mean I think any artist that's dealing with the many issues that I'm dealing with that you're talking about, a lot of homesickness, nostalgia, wars, refugee crisis, all of that aftermath. Undoubtedly that um, the homesickness has a, a little bit of a sad touch to it and a longing side to it. But um, that uh, the, the, um, the decay in, in the architectural scenes you're referencing is also trying to mimic thousands of, uh, of years of, of Existence, you know, you're trying to replicate a, a city. Damascus is one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world. Some people might argue it is the uh, oldest city, uh, continuously inhabited city in the world. So uh, you're trying to be truthful to the architectural landscape there. Um, so uh, most of these pieces do not represent uh, aftermath of destruction. Some of them do, but not all of them. It's, uh, it's just what happens when human beings uh, live in one place centuries after centuries after centuries. And that in itself is a huge presence of the human. So tell me again, why would I need a little plastic figurine <laughs> when, when I can I show do. that? Right? That's, it's beautiful. This, this interview has been so inspiring. You know, we could talk for you for hours. I really could. I feel there's a connection just because of the nature of what you do and what I used to do. Um, unfortunately, we can't talk for hours, but um, it's been such an honour to meet you and to see your work and to touch some of it as well. Um, and Steve has created this great imagery in my head and, and your words as well has made this experience come to life. So thank you so much, Mohammed. You're very welcome. Thank you, Mohammed. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>